I'm sorry, I lost my patience. No, I just can't catch a break. Yeah, I'm always late, yet still always waiting. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round. I lost my feet, said I love you. Too bad that dreams don't just come true. Having fun hitting that banana gram. I love just wasting my time. Wasting my time. Hating it, checking my Instagram. No, it won't turn me to a better man. I know it's killing my vibe. My words just seem inefficient. I'm scared of the recognition. I'm sorry, it's you I'm missing. To tell the truth, I can't make it different. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round. I lost my feet, said I love you. Too bad that dreams don't just come true. Suddenly, I can see the world as it's supposed to be. And the pain inside my heart has left my chest. Honestly, we can be anyone we wanna be, and the world can put our worry down to rest. But I can't find another broken light to bright my life up. No, I can't hold. I can't hold another broken soul to know it's over. No, it's not over. You are so cool. Yeah. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round. I lost my feet, said I love you. Too bad that dreams don't just come true.
afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard for Spike. That was a hell of a lot of overlays there right at the beginning. I am Matt right together. We are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this auspicious occasion, as it were. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. Hope everybody oh. enjoyed the holidays, the the muddyless holidays, the absolutely muddyless ho- holidays that we uh, that we uh, were not able to share with you. Although technically, technically, Matt, we did share Ukrainian Christmas with them uh, last Wednesday That's with the we did, we did very Coppinger Ukrainian Christmas special, That's which got period. way more feedback than I was expecting. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> that was a that was a show. Um, that was a show. First, that was definitely a show. First and foremost, allow me to thank Justin for the kava that I'm drinking on today's episode, and allow me to thank Kroger for my delicious, purified, vice presidential drinking water, Bulavanaka, guys. Bulavanaka. This uh, episode is. Did you have a good? Ho- did you have a good holiday? Did you get? Did Hanukkah Hank come to visit? Is that? Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm just now hearing about this, but yes, Hanukkah, the Hanukkah, Hanukkah Hank. I like that. Hanukkah Hank absolutely came and uh, and gave all the good little Jewish boys and girls various uh, currencies. That's what we get. We get money. Um, oh, no, it was really good. We actually had. Um, we had Tyler uh, uh, Smith, who's with the uh, Kim Ruff, uh, John Phillips campaign, and uh, and Jordan Larman. He uh, they they got to come and hang out with us. We had a very Jordan Christmas. And when uh, you say Tyler Smith is from the Tyler Smith for United States House campaign? Oh, I excuse me, Tyler Smith, the one of the very few Waffle House Caucus endorsed candidates uh, right. running right now. I I apologize. <laughs> Uh, I was like, candidate he's running for office. Candidate, I'm. I apologize, uh, Tyler. I'm. I'm very sorry. Uh, he is. Yeah, he is running for the. Uh, he's running for. Uh, the yeah, he's he's running for the uh, the uh, district three uh, in the U.S. Congress. Uh, repre- he wants to join the South Carolina delegation there, and uh, yeah, he uh, he was here, and Jordan, who is his, I guess, advisor and boyfriend, was here, and um, also with the Kim Ruff campaign. But yes. I, I apologize. I even endorsed him. He was our first endorsement, actually. He was actually the caucus's first endorsement. And so they were here, and their dog, Sadie, uh, got to hang out with Axel. And um, we went to Waffle House and ate, I, well, I ate cantaloupe. And then we had, uh, for New as, Year's... As one does at Waffle House. What's that? As one does at Waffle House. As one who can't eat anything at Waffle House, and yet for some reason is the head of a caucus devoted to Waffle House does at Waffle House. Um, That's and then, true. And then for New Year's, my wife and I went dancing in Charlotte, North Carolina. We also met up with uh, Team Supreme's Latin dance ambassador, LaQuinn. Uh, and so we uh, we got to have fun with them. And uh, yeah, we've just been living the dream. You know, real quick, before we get into uh, all of the news that we have today, guys, if you are not on float, F-L-O-T-E dot app, you are really missing out because... Oh, it's way better, yeah. We look so good on there. 
I'm, yeah, you know, no. checking out all of our streams, making sure, you know, that they're all running as I tend to do at the beginning of every show. As we are and, want to do. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, we, we just look super good on float. Anybody that's not on FLOTE.app, you should just get over there like now. Um, because eventually Facebook and YouTube are going to get rid of us. Well, not if I become the next vice president, Matt. You know, I mean, I guess they still could. It's it's right. It just wouldn't be it's, advisable. Put it's it that their way. Platform, so they it can, is their platform. They're free to they do can that. Do whatever they wish. They're free to do that if they wish. Now, of course, Matt, this episode of the Money Waters of Freedom is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Dad Bod Calendar. Be sure to get yours today. Uh, I'm Mr. April. Right now, Mr. January is John Phillips Jr. And uh, I'm telling you right now, you're missing out on quite a treat there. Uh, you can go to libertariandadbod.com for only $12, including shipping. You can have this today in your home or wherever you hang sexy libertarian men from. Uh, it's also brought, this episode's also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing uh, food service. And, and I'm just going to say it's just the best caucus in the Libertarian Party. And then, of course, this episode is brought to you by the Vermin Spike 2020 campaign. Get a badger today. Go to VermanSupreme2020.com. Did you need another second to, to process that? No, uh, no, okay. no, just nothing. Talk about it later. Um. <laughs> so uh, speaking of dropping bombs, bombs being dropped, dropped yeah. live. <laughs> Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Ricky Gervais, who uh, somehow continues to be asked to host the Golden Globes. I, they're, they're, they know what he's going to do. They, they absolutely know what he's going to do, but they continue to ask him to do it. And he swore this, this time, this is the last time. Cause, I you would know, imagine flashes. so. Um, but yeah, he can. They continue to ask him to host the Golden Globes. Nobody really understands why, um, but they do. And, and in his opening monologue, his nine-minute opening monologue, which if you haven't watched it, I recommend watching all of this episode and then going and finding it. But only after this episode is complete. Only, right after this episode is complete, because we have a lot of stuff you're going to want to hear about today. Um, he dropped like he did not hold back even a little bit as no. he sat there sipping on his frosty ale. It looked like that wasn't a pilsner. Um, definitely wasn't a stout. I'm going. It was an ale. Sure, maybe a lager. Um, but he was sitting there sipping on his frosty lager or ale and just obliterated everybody in that audience. Yeah. No, he destroyed them. He. That was the greatest award show monologue I have ever seen and will be talked about for at least 10 years every oh. time that he does an award show monologue. Oh, easily. I mean, if he was looking to never be on that again, but also be remembered in perpetuity for his for his performance, he accomplished both of those things because people will always remember that. And I can't imagine that they'd ever let him on again. Uh, after that particular performance he just gave there there's I, I can't i mean can you see any situation in which they would be able to bring him back on i 
after the first time, I didn't see any situation in which they would ever bring him back. That's fair. And this That's was the fifth. Like, they continue to ask. Like, I, he said that there's absolutely no way that it would ever happen again. Um, over on Float, Studio 8424, what's going on? Good. Thank you for joining us. Um, hey, Studio 8424. But, uh, yeah, they uh, they continue to bring him back. And in his opening monologue, he comes out and, first of all, he tell, he spoils season one of his show, Afterlife. Um <laughs> It's his show. I guess he can do it. Really. He can do it. Hey, listen, you know, it's his show. And he is right. It did get nominated. It did get picked up for season two. So obviously the guy didn't kill himself. Uh, but he reminds, tells everybody that his character in his Netflix show, Afterlife, didn't kill himself, just like Jeffrey Epstein. Ooh. And then he said, Oh, I know he's your friend. Get over it. We know he didn't kill himself. He made fun of Leonardo DiCaprio, who oh, started yeah. the piece of garbage movie Titanic but did star in the great movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, for dating young women and likening him to Prince Andrew. Yeah, he actually said, uh, poor uh, Leo, by the time this is over, uh, his date will be too old for him or something yeah. like that. No, it was it pretty. Was, it was pretty it was, yeah. That was how long uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was. He was like, he took her to the premiere and by the time the movie was over, she was too old for him. And then he said, Prince Andrew's even looking at you going, come on, boy, you're all, you're like in your 50s. And he called Ooh. the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press racist and said that they were enabled to use Twitter, uh, saying that they actually faxed him the invite to host the Golden Globes. <laughs> and then he made a joke that even he was uncomfortable making about Dame Judy Dench in the movie cats thing that it was the role that she was born to play before she was able to perform a certain Clean. sex act on her cleaning. Well, for a cat, that, it's not a sex act. It's more right. of a, for a cat. It's not, it's a, it's a grooming. Act. Else, it no, we're, the, we're the ones who make it weird. Yeah. I don't think it's us that makes it weird. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, he just went all out. And then he reminded everybody of the hypocrisy of Hollywood. And we uh, we actually have a, a clip of that. I was going to say, do we have the clip or we, is it we, just an overlook? We have the clip. Apple rolling. Why, the- why are we not seeing the clip? I don't know. We need to see the clip. Yep. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Everyone, hold on, because we're going to see the clip. Where is the clip? I just want to point out that when he did that live, that was not bleeped. Yeah, no, I assumed as much. Yeah, it was not bleeped when he did that live. Now, uh, throughout his entire nine-minute monologue, there was lots of laughter. Adam Driver... Uh, who plays Kylo Ren and I believe was nominated for Best Actor in a Drama um, for the Marriage Story, uh, for the movie Marriage Story. Mm -hmm. He was laughing his ass off, just laughing it off. The guy who I really should have looked up what his name is because I don't remember what it is off the top of my head that was sitting next to Meryl Streep did not find as much of it as funny as anybody else in that audience did. Gwyneth Paltrow found it hilarious which is great knowing about Gwyneth Paltrow because 
She's like sort of the definition of humor. She enjoys selling people things to shove up their vaginas in order to heal them. Um, There you go. Yeah. That dovetails well with what he was saying. Right. (laughs) Very true. Uh, And uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, he had his own special. Oh yeah. Tom, Tom, uh, Tom had a moment. Uh, Tom had a moment. And that really he, sums up the moment he had. That Tom, he both looked constipated and terrified at the exact same time. Yeah, no, Tom was enjoying himself. Well, I don't know. Can we say that Tom was enjoying himself? I don't think that that's enjoyment. I don't think that that's... I, I believe that after playing Mr. Rogers uh, for so long this year, he was not prepared to hear everything that Ricky Gervais dropped on them. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I don't think, I don't think he was ready for that at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he, uh, so Ricky made some friends, but it was pretty, it was pretty cringeworthy. And of course, speaking of cringeworthy, Lincoln Chafee, uh, has decided to run for the, uh, LP Libertarian Party presidential nomination, uh, looking to bomb in his third party in the last 10 years. Matt? Yes. Um, good old Lincoln Chafee. I can't believe that you found that. Um, that's picture there, Lincoln Chafee. That's Lincoln Chafee right there. That's Lincoln uh, Chafee. Lincoln Chafee, who left the Democratic field in 2016 after raising a whopping $30,000 and polling at 0.5%. Was it 30,000? I know that he uh raised 12,000 on uh Kickstarter. Yes, he uh it was 12,000 on the Kickstarter, but his entire campaign over the course of July till September was 30 grand. 30 grand. But he knew how to budget. He knew how to budget so it was okay. Well, that's a relief. Uh That is a so I will actually be meeting Lincoln uh, in Tennessee this weekend, uh, where I will be uh, giving a speech as well as him. Uh, but he did file and is expected, to, I think tomorrow, today's the 7th, right? Yeah. Tomorrow he's expected to announce that he is officially running for our party's nomination. And that will be an interesting thing. Uh, our party, even though... Uh... Well, I'm a libertarian party. I'm in the libertarian party. Oh, did you join? Of course, I join the nominee, or I'm, or I'm running for the nomination. You, you have to be a member to do that, Matt. Huh? How dare he join our party? And he, uh, no, I was going to say, I'm not planning on joining joining the party, so not our party. Well, our meaning the Libertarian Party. Okay, then, then between us, my party. There you go. Uh, and God, in what world is this that you are a member? Of an organized political party, and I am not. <laughs> In the world that I am Vermin Supreme's running mate, and fair. and it's questionable which one of us is the more serious one. <laughs> um, the so yeah, so Lincoln's uh, going to be there. In January. What's that? He says with antlers on his head in January. It's to be it so we're part we're only part way through you can't re- Ukrainian Christmas. Yesterday was uh Los Reyes, Dia de los Reyes. Uh 
Like, this is still the holiday season, Matt. Okay. So, I mean, come on. Uh, I'm trying to be festive here. We didn't get to do, you know, Hanukkah and Christmas with the fine folks at home, so we're doing this. We're doing the best that we can. You're, you're fortunate okay. that I'm not playing the Snoopy music in the background and, and getting us some more copyright strikes. Um, getting us kicked, getting us kicked getting off the internet. Kicked off the internet for playing the Snoopy Christmas music in the background, which they really liked. The fans liked it, though. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he's running for the Libertarian Party nomination on his uh, strong Libertarian platform of voting for the Patriot Act, including the NSA's warrantless wiretapping program, uh, supporting uh, gun control, including red flag laws and the assault weapon ban, uh, uh, supporting... What else does he support? Oh, Obamacare and expanding expanding Medicaid, uh, raising taxes by at least fifty billion dollars, um, and that was from the twenty sixteen level, so it would be much higher than now by something like a trillion and fifty dollars. Uh, and uh, yeah, just that really hardcore, solid. Oh, no, no child left behind. Standardized testing uh, under no child left behind. Federalized takeover of the education system. Just really, just a, a philosophical libertarian. Uh, do you remember um do you remember his first debate possibly his only debate as the democratic presidential hopeful was this in in 2016 yeah i try to forget but yes so when anderson cooper was talking to him about uh anderson cooper was talking to him about one of his votes um god i can't remember what vote it was but anderson cooper was talking to him about one of his votes oh it was uh God, the banking bill, nineteen ninety. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Glass Steagall. Yes. Yeah, Glass Steagall. That's and, another uh, another proud libertarian moment. Him voting for Glass Steagall. Right. right. He uh, and he voted for Glass Steagall, and he yeah. argued that it was my first vote. My father had just died. I had been appointed, and it was my first vote. And Anderson Cooper kind of hit back at him, and uh, Lincoln Chafee could only say, "I think that you're being a little unfair." due to the fact that my father died 20 years ago uh, and I did a vote that you don't like now. Did he say he regretted the vote? No, he never really, he just said it was my first vote. You know, I had just been appointed by the governor or mayor or whatever. Right. And um, my dad had just died and I was appointed and, which, I mean, people make mistakes and can have things they regret. The question is, did he regret it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that will be interesting. We will see. Uh, we will see how that goes. But speaking of Democrat Democrats, uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, he did some stuff this uh, this week, didn't he, Matt? Or I guess since we've been, uh, I don't know if it was actually, this week. This was actually a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, this was a couple of weeks ago. Um for anybody who was paying attention to our page while we were gone, I wrote an article about everything going on in Virginia due to the gun control laws uh, that have been proposed. Uh, and the reason that I wrote that was because this piece of information went across my newsfeed. And I forgot to include it in the article because I was making sure that I put in everything else. But this part is actually very important that made me feel that I needed to write the article and then I never added it. Um, you can see we have a great editing team here. Uh, <laughs> that damn Steven. That damn Steven. Uh, but he added it to the very long list of anti-gun legislation that Virginia has proposed, including uh, banning all semi-automatic pistols, rifles, shotguns, um, 
and uh, making it illegal for people to train on how to use weapons. And a lit- there's a litany of things with them saying if people did not uh, follow these new laws, the National Guard may be uh, sent to uh, make sure they comply. They have now added a new bill uh, that would appropriate for $250,000 toward the correction special reserve fund in order to increase in the operating cost of adult correctional facilities resulting from the enactment of uh, Northam's gun control measures. They, uh, so they're getting ready to pass all of these laws that they know people are not going to follow and they are already increasing the amount of money needed to arrest these people and to hold them in corrections facilities. To jail them for owning weapons that were completely legal when they got them. Right. And not wanting to give them up. Now, I am not as big of a weapon guy as many libertarians. I, I own a few. I can't really talk about them because I don't know much about them. I know that they are fun to fire. Um, Apparently, what they're going after on these bans will essentially get rid of many, many, many weapons as long as they aren't single shot, single loads. Well, and that's the thing. Like when you say semi-automatic pistol, that could conceivably include a revolver. Like it's anything that doesn't require a loading every time you fire it, which is like everything i mean unless you have like a derringer or automatic is one pull one pull one shot right that's the standard for weapons since the turn of the 20th century or even a little earlier i was gonna say probably earlier probably even i mean well it, it existed before that but it became the standard for weaponry by the turn of the 20th century right and for pistols even before that right so Virginia is attempting to do all this. Now they are increasing the fe- the state budget, not the federal budget, increasing the state budget in order to make sure that they now have more money in order to house the people that they are planning on arresting. Oh, the National Guard is probably praying to sweet Jesus so that uh, this war with Iran gets them deployed because they don't want to go up against their own countrymen. Right. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yep. Yep, definitely. Uh, so, uh, speaking of uh, a major infringement, sure on people's autonomy. Uh, yeah, why not? Harvey Weinstein Weinstein uh, appeared for trial this week using the same walker he has been using on and off during the course of the last few months during the process, uh, and he had a quite a bomb dropped on him, Matt. He did. Uh, He had a gag order placed on him and his defense team in order to keep them from being able to intimidate the witnesses. That is pretty intense. Now, of course, unsure of what step to take next, it is believed that uh, Weinstein will be taking advice from Hillary Clinton uh, and Kevin Spacey. The, uh, <laughs> I like how you put the phone number up first. I was like, I was waiting for it. I, I pressed, the, I pressed the wrong. I, I pressed the wrong thing. 
yeah, no. Um, that is, uh, of course, Kevin Spacey. That could have been in, in our in our notes too, although we have plenty as is. Uh, Kevin Spacey, all of his accusers have mysteriously died, killing themselves yeah. different ways. Let's oh, have Hillary's. Three, three, right? Is that all of them? I believe it was three. I believe it was all, and I believe it was three was all of them. They're all dead now. Um, yeah, Kevin Spacey, all three, all three of his accusers. One died in a car accident. One died from suicide, and one I think, died mysteriously. Yeah, I think one they, on, they haven't said, and one was suicide, and one was a car accident. Those are just right. awful coincidental. Very coincidental, but you know. Did you see his Christmas video, by the way? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking on, on you know, huh. This is, uh, what happens if he runs for president? Well, he's never been convicted of a crime, so. He certainly could. Good. Art would be imitating, or life would be imitating art at that point. Life would be imitating and imitating art which would be imitating life because they're just imitating the clintons that's true too yeah so he would just be more theatrical about it <laughs> wonder if he would do it in his frank underwood voice or if he would use his kevin spacey voice if he doesn't in his frank voice he has a better chance of winning so i'm guessing I- frank i'm guessing frank yeah. but uh yeah so speaking of acts of aggression um Let's get to Iran, since everyone... I mean, that's obviously the the elephant in the room right now. Uh, so that's, a, that's the big story of the day. Um, God, I went through and I did all of these notes. I went through and I did all of these notes yesterday, and I did a bunch of research on everything, and then 30 minutes before we were getting together... Yeah, so that's actually why we're running, why why we were, what, 10 minutes late or whatever, because we had to, or Matt had to completely redo the notes, and I had to redo some of the graphics as a result of it. Um, before, let me just, we're going to give a quick primer, I'm going to give a quick primer about what got us here with Iran, because there's a lot of misconceptions that, you know, Iran just hated us for no reason, or hated the U.S. government for no reason. Uh, we can argue that this started even before this, but it definitely started with uh, Operation Ajax in 1953, which was a U.S.-backed military coup to replace uh, an elected government uh, with the Shah of Iran. He had been he had been deposed by the by the elected government, and uh, Eisenhower administration decided that they thought the Shah would be better to deal with, so they put him back in. Uh, then uh, that led to the Iranian Revolution and the hostage crisis where basically the uh, Iranian people revolted against the Shah and replaced them with the, uh, again, with the, uh, the, um, uh, the mullahs, the, um, the Ayatollah. And, uh, and then in 19, in the 1980s, the U.S. sponsored uh, Saddam Hussein during the Iran-Iraq War, which resulted in over a half a million people being killed. Uh, shortly after that, Ronald Reagan got caught selling weapons to the Iranian government and to use the proceeds to fund Contra rebels in Nicaragua. Uh, in 1988, there was Operation Praying Mantis, in which a, 19, uh, a U.S. military uh, they launched an unprovoked attack on Iranian on the Iranian Navy and oil infrastructure. Uh, also, in 1988, the U.S. Navy shot down Iran Flight 655, which is a completely civilian flight, uh, killing 290 civilians. 
uh, that was over Iranian airspace. Uh, there have been multiple embargoes and sanctions, multiple threats to destroy Iran from American politicians, multiple incursions into Iran over the decades by drones and soldiers and spies and third-party rebels and everything else. And of course, Iran is completely surrounded by dozens of bases, U.S. bases, on all sides. I encourage you to think for a second. Step outside of your concept of the U.S. just occupying the world and that being okay. Imagine if instead of that being Iran, that were the United States, and there were that many Iranian bases surrounding the United States, as well as a massive Iranian fleet, which had previously shot down a U.S. flight, and which also made regular incursions into the U.S., so that gets us to where we are today. Right. And before we go any further, if it wasn't obvious by what Spike just went through, um, we don't think that we should be in the Middle East. We yeah. think that we should definitely pull all of our troops from there. Uh, we should be bring them all home. We should not have any involvement in the Middle East. Right. However, we're here now, so we're just going to talk about what is going on. What What's going happening. on there, right? Right. Right. So Spike gave you the quick 50-year uh synopsis in three and a half minutes um which actually kept him down to exactly what he said he would do uh yeah i told you it's i wasn't going to belabor it just kind of go through the whole thing to kind of give a perspective on it right so on december 27th a rocket attack on an american military base uh killed in iraq killed an american military contractor and five others that was a few days after Christmas. Um, it was a few days after Christmas. Uh, after that, on December 29th, in retaliation, the U.S. rocket strike hits five sites that have been linked to Iran in Iraq and Syria. Um, okay, so sorry, my notes are a little jumbled because I was doing them very quickly. Uh, so then after that, Iran, who was currently arming funding and training certain factions in Iraq uh, put together a protest on the U.S. embassy uh, where the Iranian-led protesters uh, attacked the embassy, uh, but nobody nobody ended up perishing in that attack. Right. So in American fashion, we droned the ever-living crap out of Soleimani at the Baghdad airport, blowing up two cars and killing their number two. And of course, John Bolton went to the hospital for going through uh, having an erection lasting longer than four hours, which is what one would expect from that. I'm surprised you didn't put a Brazzers thing on that one. I was, uh, I, if I'd had more time, I would have, yes. Someone, after the Soleimani uh, attack, um, someone hacked a federal depository library programs website on Saturday and we're met with a picture of a bloody Donald Trump. Uh, Iran has not been confirmed to have done it. Uh, the now deleted message told visitors to the website martyrdom martyrdom was Soleimani's reward for years of implacable efforts with his departure and with God's power, his work and path will not cease and severe Revenge awaits those criminals who have tainted their filthy hands with his blood and the blood of the other martyrs. Yeah. And of course, Iran has also threatened to strike back and they have actually placed an $80 million bounty on Trump's head. And 
some may be interested in that. <laughs> now, so before we get to what happened today, before we get to what happened today, um, the Iraq parliament voted to have the United States military leave the region. And they said, you know what? We're good guys. Like we don't want, we don't want you guys here anymore to which Trump stated that if they go through, uh, with trying to push us out, uh, they are going to see sanctions like no other. He said, if they do ask us to leave, if we don't do it in, on a, in a friendly basis, we will charge them sanctions like they've never seen before ever. It'll make Iranian sanctions look somewhat tame. He, uh, he, he also, also stated that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. He also stated that he wants to leave Iraq, but Iraq would have to reimburse Washington for all the money spent on infrastructure in Iraq once he felt it was a good point to leave. So he was saying, we're going to come over to your country. We're going to get rid of the leader that a lot of people would argue today was the glue holding everything together over there. In, in Iraq anyway, yeah, yeah. We're going to put in this government that can't really run on its own, can't really do anything without military aid. And then when you're like, okay, look, we don't want you guys fighting from our land anymore, from our country anymore, we're going to go, yeah, but now you owe us for all of this money that you that we spent here, even though you didn't want us here in the first place. Right, you didn't, you didn't want us here in the first place. And to be fair, we're not defending Soleimani or the Ayatollahs or Saddam Hussein or, or any of them. What we're saying is it's none of our business. We are, they are thousands of miles away from us. There's no reason for us to be involved at all. They didn't actually mean us any direct harm until the troops were over there. And they only mean harm to the occupation and the, and the, and, and the aggression being done there. Again, not covering up for them. Oppressive, brutal regimes. Certainly know where I'd want to live, but it's none of our business. And it's not making things better to be bombing and destabilizing entire regions of the planet. Right. So, moments before this show. Right. About an hour. Um, as I was sitting there, coming up with a brand new salmon recipe that I was going to try, but instead had to... Instead, had to suddenly start reading and watching news articles or watching news programs. Right. Um, Iran launched over a dozen cruise or short range ballistic missiles at U.S. occupied bases in Iraq. Uh, the Al Assad Air Base in Iraq, which hosts a U.S. contingent, was hit at least six times, and Erbil in northern Iraq was also fired upon. Now, no one was reported as being hurt. There were no service member deaths that we know of. Uh, it's potential that they were going after in infrastructure instead of actually trying to hurt people. It's also possible that it was an in that they intentionally missed as a show of force. Uh, you know, they don't want to amp up tensions, but they do want to, you know, try to say, hey, look, we didn't mean to kill any of your men uh, uh, or we didn't kill any of your men, even though we could have. And to try to get the U.S. to come to the table to negotiate now. Uh, at one point, Matt, there was, uh, and I'm not sure who it was from, a letter to the Iran to the Iraqi parliament or the Iraqi government from some commander from or major. State. Go ahead. From the State Department, saying that they were going to pull out, that they were going to be pulling out, and that there would be. Okay, so, a so I read, I read that letter, and then I read the follow up from the guy who wrote that letter 
Okay. And he said that it was a leaked letter that was never meant to be sent because it was mm. poorly worked because he realized that it made it sound too much like they were going to be pulling everybody out, but instead they were going to be moving people uh, to, they were going to be moving people so they would not appear to be in an act of aggression. Okay, so it was not, and it wasn't something that actually, see, I thought it was something that had been released and that they were, you know, that was a, a show that they were going to be pulling out. So right. that's not yeah, the case. No, they, okay. That's why the letter, the letter was, I guess, never sent, and it was a leaked letter because okay. he said that the wording of it was poorly done, so he never ended up going through with it. Uh, so, he, he didn't want to go through, through with uh, airing it. Okay. And now, so the Iranian Revolutionary Guards have stated that if there is a retaliation for these missile attacks, uh, that there will be a second wave of attacks that will wipe out U.S. bases in the region. Uh, they're also claiming this was not an escalation, but just a retaliation for what they did to Suleiman. Uh, this is going on actively right now. So there may be right. things happening that we don't even know about. Cause that is that is everything up till about 7.50. Right, right, right. When we had to start doing sound checks and stuff. Um, right. The fact that they didn't, they had every capability to kill people in this, and they didn't. And it does look uh, as though they only went for infrastructure they only went for roads they only they didn't actively attempt to kill anybody in yeah. retaliation for this yeah i think that they what they were doing was just as you read my notes on my own personal stuff that i was gonna say um but i think that what they were doing is okay look we are willing to fight for this right we and the you know the irgc um stated that uh if there is retaliation for these attacks there will be a second wave of attacks that will wipe out u.s bases in region right. and that will definitely end in american soldiers dying oh yeah absolutely i think yeah. that what they were doing here was look we have to do something back this is what we've done back let's just call it a draw and we'll just everybody leaves yeah ideally I don't think it's likely, but ideally the U.S. military would begin pulling back because clearly we, they're, they're, they're not wanted there. Uh, the Iraqi parliament has said they're not wanted there, and obviously the Iranians don't want them there. Um, in a more sane world, this would have—in a sane world, this wouldn't have happened, but in a more sane world, this would be seen as a reason to pull back because of the jingoism that runs the, the political conversation in both parties— that's almost assuredly not going to happen. Uh, the entire American political uh, uh, culture right now believes that, uh, or at least from the Republican and Democrat parties, believes that the U.S. military can literally go anywhere on earth and kill anyone. And if anyone even tries to fight back against that to keep from dying, they're a terrorist and that's completely unacceptable. Um, right. it's similar to how some of them think about the police. The police can go around and arrest and kill and beat up anyone they want. If anyone even, you know, puts their hands up or tries to stop it, they're resisting arrest and they get whatever they deserve. It is a, a total appeal to, uh, a brutal authority and it's a, it's a terrible thing, but it's also, it's what governs, uh, uh, us politics right now. So unfortunately I don't think this is going to end well, but if, if people oh. actually step back and, and looked at this, it would. So here's here's my thing. Um, I because again I had to change all of these notes and I had right. I did have predictions and one of my predictions was if nothing happens by showtime, nothing's going to happen. 
Um, but something happened by Showtime. So apparently right. they, they've been listening into my own thoughts. Um, so I honestly don't think this is going to escalate to a point of war. A lot of people are afraid of World War III. A lot of people are thinking that this is going to uh, keep us in the region longer. A lot of people think that this is going to grow um, grow into something more massive uh, on a global scale. And right. I don't think this is. I think that if Iran had wanted it to glo- go to a global scale, they would have killed American service members today. Right. When they- The fact that they didn't, the fact that they didn't kill anybody, I think, as Paul Gordon agreed in the comments, um, where is it? There it is. A safe face bombing. I knew that I could, I was like, I saw him say it. Um, I think that this is a, we have to do something back, so we're going to do it. Let's just call it a draw right here. We'll end it, and everybody gets to go out saying that you know, they did what they had to do. We aren't going to go after any more of your people, and I don't think that this is going to go to war as long as Trump listens to the right people on this and doesn't listen to the wrong people. Hopefully that's what happens, because right now it's not looking very good, and uh, that's hopefully the case. I'm going to take this off because it's cutting off circulation in my face. (laughs) So I had it on in a weird way, and it was cutting off. I was starting to not feel this part of my face. Um, color so that's what's nice. that you're getting color back so that's nice well it was it was my my head doing that um so uh yeah so hopefully this ends well i'm not sure what's gonna happen but we will see you know, it, again this can go either way it really depends on whether or not trump looks at these attacks that again didn't kill anybody right that's been reported that's been reported again at the time that this show started, nobody had been reported dead from these attacks. So if Trump looks at it and goes, okay, they didn't kill anybody. This is obviously them going, okay, we had to do something right. in order to, in order to kind of save face with our people for you killing our number two guy. So we did this. Let's just leave it where it is. And everybody just walk away and Trump could go, okay, but that's bigly of you. Hopefully so, Matt, hopefully so you're, you're, no. yeah, I, I we we have yet to be wrong on this, and I have made that prediction every single time Trump has come up to somebody that could potentially be in war, and I'm sticking with it because I don't think he wants to be a wartime president. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. The one problem is that um, historically, presidents that that start a war get reelected, and if he thinks that that will get him reelected, I could see him changing his mind on that. But we shall see. I hope you're right, and I'm wrong on this one. Um, but so that brings us to our favorite segment, my favorite segment. Uh, we the have, what? We have calls today. Uh, well, we have one from the third, so we can use that. Oh, okay. So uh, the Chris personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call in moment uh, where, uh, and it's actually not Chris that left a message this time, uh, but uh, our good friend Adam Freeman left a message. I have not heard this. Matt has. And yeah, I've heard this. We're gonna see where this goes. No, no, I'm saying it now. It's actively recording to say why did capitalism kill the gaming industry? Oh, is it recording right now? Uh, actively. I could at any moment push stop recording. It's just live. Like, are you answering the question now? 
That is a great question. I don't know what was being asked. Uh, his question was, why did capitalism kill the gaming industry? Why did capitalism do that? Why did capitalism do that? Now, uh, what I said after the recording stopped, because it's only a minute long, um, is I don't play video games, so I don't understand what you are talking about. Right. Uh, and then uh, Muhammad Shaker was there, and he does play video games. So uh, I got a little bit of a description of what Adam was talking about, where now if you want to – like. Back when I last played a video game, you went out and you bought your PlayStation and then you bought Tony Hawk and then you put Tony Hawk in and in you the played game, Tony yeah, Hawk yeah. until right. Right. the CD was went out. Uh, now, um, you, now you uh, buy a game and you get part of a game and then you can play that or you have to upgrade the game or you have to pay for better players. It's a lot like, I guess, like mobile gaming. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm not 100% sure. Paul Gordon is talking about loot boxes, baby, in uh, the comments. Um, and I've heard people talking about those. It's like boxes that you find and you have to pay to open or something. And I'm not saying that, I'm not going to say that capitalism has killed the gaming industry. I'm just going to say that um, it's changed the face of the gaming industry. And you guys have been used to one way and you can. Uh, you guys have been used to one way and it's been changing, but you guys continue to fund it. So of course they're going to continue to do it. This is of course, as opposed to the socialist gaming industry. That's a valid point. I just got a text message from Adam, who is not listening to our show, oddly enough. Oh, wow. What a coincidence. He was asking uh, about my ways so funny story. I'm just going to tell this on the air real quick okay. because not my story. Um, on Waze, you can record like Waze the GPS. You mm-hmm. can record your own. Um, you can record your own directions, navigation. So whatever it is, will will uh, whatever you record will tell you which way to go. Mm-hmm. So Adam was doing a sales gig. Um, Adam was doing a sales gig for some company and he ended up meeting a dominatrix who recorded all of the directions for him. Oh, wow. Um, hang on a second. I just got to finish this text really quick to him. So there was a re- ways. There was this ways recording of him being hit by a dominatrix while she was saying things like go right turn left go straight um things like things like that so he was asking um he was asking if i had the dominatrix recording uh still in my ways because i at one point had it and to that i'm just gonna say no i also told him to tune into the show right now so hopefully he caught the end of that oh good well yeah that's an interesting story well speaking of bdsm It has been three weeks since the House voted to uh, replace Trump or to to impeach Trump, to to impeach Trump. And uh, Nancy Pelosi still has not delivered the articles of impeachment, Matt. That is true. Um, 
they still have not been there as of showtime um they are looking they are saying that they want to know what the rules that the senate are going to come up with uh for the hearing for the hearing for the trial and uh mitch mcconnell cocaine mitch is cocaine saying old cocaine mitch he's saying that you guys got to run your trial your way um you got to run the trial your way i you know i'm running mine my way right um this is actually this is actually oh sorry sorry uh this has actually sparked a huge debate uh between people who like trump and people who don't like trump and people who care about semantics and people who don't care about semantics, I guess right. would be the best way to put it right. on whether or not Trump has officially been impeached. Oh, wow. They're saying that since it has not been delivered, since it has not been delivered, he technically hasn't been impeached yet. And there've been like, and I've read articles from both sides of this, like people who, you know, people who are being constitutional scholars on both sides. Right. And people, and yes, he was because they voted on it. People saying no, because the act of being impeached is having the charges delivered to the Senate. Doesn't really matter. It's it's a semantic argument. Yeah, it's a semantics way. whether he has or not. But it Sound would be off. if you think one way or the other. Let yeah, us let us know. Do you think he's actually been impeached or not? And does that even matter? Because I'm not sure it matters, but. Um, it'll matter, but I put it this way. It'll matter to partisans because they'll be able to either say, haha, he was never impeached or, you know, yes, he was, he was absolutely impeached. Um, whether it ever actually makes it to the Senate. Now, of course, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, the bane of liberty leaning conservatives and conservative conservatarians everywhere, uh, has put forth a resolution that, uh, if approved by the Senate, uh, would actually force, um, Nancy Pelosi to, what January thirteenth uh, to to uh, either I've counted those from the date of adoption. So yeah, January thirteenth. Okay. Yeah. So it says if following adoption of such articles, the House of Representatives does not notify the Senate or otherwise provide for such articles to be exhibited to the Senate within twenty five calendar days from the date of adoption of such articles, as recorded in the Journal of the House of Representatives, such articles shall be deemed exhibited before the Senate, and it shall be in order for. Uh, any Senate to offer a motion to dismiss such articles with prejudice for failure by the House of Representatives to prosecute such articles. Uh, what that uh, uh, such uh, motion shall be adopted by an affirmative vote of a majority of the senators, duly chosen and sworn without debate by the yeas and nays, which shall be entered on the record. In other words, if the articles of impeachment that the House have written don't get submitted by January 13th, the Senate can. Uh, vote to dismiss it with a simple majority vote without a debate, which would and which then would really make it a semantics argument because whether he was impeached or not, it's all over. Right. So Senator Chuck Schumer, who, among other things, gave this world Amy Schumer and should be punished for that alone. But the, uh, that's not his daughter, is it? Pretty. That's his daughter. Oh. I'm ninety five percent certain that's his daughter. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. she's this, uh, he, her father's a second cousin of Chuck Schumer. Oh, who's so in the same family as Amy Schumer and should be punished for that alone. Just, just being punished for that alone. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> niece. Yeah. Sorry. Niece. Um, 
So uh, he should be punished for that alone just because they're related. Just because uh, they're related, yeah. And it must require additional witnesses testify at the start of the impeachment trial. Um, Cocaine Mitch says he has the votes to quash that demand. And what's funny is what the uh, what the GOP is – my chair is stuck on something, and it's making it very difficult. Um, <laughs> what the GOP is planning on doing is they want to use the 1999 Clinton impeachment Senate rules. Okay. That, those are the rules that they are trying to use. They want people to uh, – Want, want people to be able to uh, – they want the uh, prosecution to give their opening statements and the defense to give their opening statements and then call the witnesses based on that. Right. Like they did when Clinton was impeached. Because they are planning on using these rules, the House and some Democrat senators are saying, no, we want you to say you are going to be calling these people like John Bolton, like um, – I." You would have thought I would have put those names in there like other people um, right. like John Bolton, who John Bolton recently said if he was called to testify, he would testify. Um, but uh, cocaine noted uh, the Senate didn't didn't vote to subpoena witnesses and new evidence for Clinton's trial until nearly three weeks after it adopted the opening resolutions. Uh, by stating in 1999, every single U.S. senator agreed to establish basic parameters for the start of the trial up front and be reserved mid-trial questions such as witnesses until later. The vote was 100 to zero. These were good enough back in 1999. Like, and personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, he and I were discussing impeachment. There are no rules. Right, there are right, right. zero rules to this. You make them up as you go along. Uh, you just kind of make them up as you go along, and each Senate gets to decide what rules there's going to be on them. Right, exactly. You would, what is what was called in 1998, 1999 with Bill Clinton, as well as as well as uh, this time. You know, this is the most important thing that we can do, and the most constitutional. Uh, Due to our constitution, we have to be we have to be able to punish our president. You would think there would be some sort of rules on how these are to be handled, but there's not anywhere. No. no. And in fact, the, the the rules related to impeachment are like what's written in the constitution about impeachment is like two two sentences, one or two sentences. It's very minimal, and everything else is whatever the House comes up with for the, how they conduct the uh, hearing. And then the the Senate, what they come up with the, to, for the trial, and until there's a law passed that makes some permanent way of doing it, they make it up every single time that they that they do this. Every single time. Yeah. Um, so there are, there are no rules. Uh, two key moderate senators, Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, yep. uh, both Republicans, but neither one of them, neither one of them seem to be very big Trump fans, right? Um, they on Monday backed McConnell's position that the Senate should follow the precedent of the Clinton impeachment trials and defer until later in the process and the questioning of calling additional witnesses. This is a huge, huge hit to Schumer. This is a massive hit to Schumer. These were two votes he needed. Yep. It, the fact that they are already going against him does not bode well. No, it does not. And, uh, uh, he already so he obviously has enough votes to do this, um, and 
Oh, yeah. So th- those would obviously be the two votes that Schumer needs, and so that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Our predictions are the same, right, Matt? I mean, it, he's... I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to be the same. I mean, I guess the new predictions would be whether it gets dismissed or that it actually goes to trial or whatever. Yeah, that that would be the only new prediction. Like, I, he once the Senate gets it, the Republicans are going to exonerate him. Yeah. Uh, if Nancy Pelosi never turns it over, if Nancy Pelosi never turns it over, like that just gives him more fuel for that fire, right, saying right. that they didn't even believe in their own impeachment. Yeah, no, this was a terrible look for her to do this because by 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 actually, and in fact, they actually sped up their process because she wanted to go ahead and get all this done before the holidays. And so now she's right. sat on it for three weeks. Why wouldn't you just deliver them? If the whole idea is, well, we're going to do so well in the election that we'll have a you know Democratic Senate that will vote to remove him, which you would need quite a heavily Democratic Senate to remove him. It's what you need two thirds of the Senate to vote to to convict him. Yeah. Uh, two thirds, I believe. Yeah. So if they got that, that would also mean that Donald Trump in no way could he have possibly gotten reelected, which sort of eliminates the whole need to impeach him since he's not there anymore. So there's not really a good reason to submit these articles of impeachment. The best thing she could have done with this, you know, sandwich that the, that the, 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 the far left wing of her, of her, you know, uh, delegation was demanding is to just submit it, let them destroy it, and then run on that. You know, the corrupt Republican Congress refused to look at our, you know, give a sober review of their own president's terrible misconduct, blah, 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 blah. This just looks stupid. This looks like either she doesn't know what she's doing or she's not confident that it's going to work out well. And and it puts it gives Mitch McConnell all the power because he can just sit back and say, hey, you're not submitting it. And, you know, we're going to use the same rules as in 1999. It's just it's terrible optics for the Democrats. And I'm not sure why when they're the ones that started this, why they would do that. So, no, our prediction is still the same. He either gets exonerated or it gets it gets uh, it gets, um, you know, never introduced or, you know, they, they pass Hawley's thing and it, and, it you know, it, it never actually even sees the light of day. They vote to dismiss it entirely. I, I, whatever happens, I don't see, I don't see Trump getting, uh, I think if it were already going to happen, it would have, there would have been so much more momentum required for him to actually get removed. So, uh, you know, our prediction is still the same. He didn't get removed. Yeah. No matter what, he doesn't get removed. Uh, real quick. I got a question from a private message. Okay. Somebody was watching, uh, somebody was watching the show earlier and, uh, said, can women get drafted? Somebody is telling me they can now. Um, oh, no. so so yeah. So a judge ruled that a male-only draft is unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. But that still has to go through the whole court system, which no doubt will probably make it to the Supreme Court. And then women would have to actually be added to the selected service. So, I mean, this could happen. Here's what's really going to happen. If the Supreme Court decides that women have to be added to the selective service, it's going to go away. You think? It's going to go away. Okay. With massive approval from both sides. Because there's... No one really wants the idea of 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 anyone being drafted in in the first place, including the Pentagon, who says that a, a professional voluntary own volunteer own mil, only military is far superior to a a, a draftee army. 
uh, a conscripted army. But the reason there's not much momentum to get rid of it is because they're not actually calling people up. They haven't used it since the, the, the days of Vietnam. And so there's not really much momentum to get rid of it. And, you know, it's, it, well, what if we needed it? Well, if you needed it, it may end up being that the women have to go too. And guess what? The American public is not going to be okay with all people between the ages of 18 and 30 who are able-bodied or 18 and 25 or whatever the, you know, the, 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 18 the and 25, you have to sign up for the draft, but you can be drafted up till the age of 35. Yeah. So 18 to 35, all of them potentially being drafted. So right. my and prediction or a teacher or disabled. Yeah. In all fairness, like most people today can't be drafted because they wouldn't meet the standards. Because they wouldn't meet, they wouldn't meet the standards. They wouldn't meet yeah. the health standards. They wouldn't meet the, uh, the mental standards. They wouldn't like. I don't think you're allowed to be on certain antidepressants or, right. uh, certain antidepressants or uh, different prescriptions. Uh, so you wouldn't get drafted. Like, if you're a diabetic, you're not getting drafted. Yeah. And nowadays, everybody's on Adderall, Ritalin, whatever. This is one of those relics that no one gets rid of because there's just not tremendous momentum to get rid of it requiring all women to join selective service would be the exact momentum needed for a in a massing massive sweeping bipartisan nature it being removed uh so that no one can accuse the other of oh you were going to draft your women uh so no I, I i would see it immediately going away so for that reason in a very rare situation i would actually support the the, the supreme court saying because they're not saying well, women have to join they're just saying or women it, can get drafted well, the court, the, the court that did this isn't saying it should exist or not. They're saying if it exists, there's no reason for sex discrimination. Right. So then get rid of it then. That takes care of that. Now, no one's being discriminated against and forced into what is essentially the uh, a really brutal type of slavery, a slavery where you're being sent to fight and potentially die. I mean, that's not to, that's certainly not to denigrate other types of, of, of chattel slavery, but it is the government saying you have to go kill people and potentially die and you're going to get minimal training and you totally have to do it and you have to sign up for it. You just right. have to. And Grant, like every, every male has been doing this forever. Right. Um, for I don't know how long, I don't know when the draft started, but it's, I, it's I, been I, generations. Every male has yeah. had to do this, and the draft ended in 1972, I believe 1973. Uh, but you still have to sign up just in case they ever wanted to bring it back. They brought they they, an, it. It was May of 1917, so it was during the uh, that would have been during one. World War One. Yeah, yeah. So. Since World War One, every male has had to do this. They stopped using it forty-five years ago. Yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, and they aren't. We have a volunteer military. Yeah, of people who actually want to be there for some reason. Granted, I was one of those people. So I can't yeah, remember. I mean, and that's the thing. That's what what I was just about to say. The vast majority of people who join, they join because they think a lot of them join because it's a family tradition. 
and you know that's what we do. We, we you know our men go serve the country. Um, a lot of them join because you know something like a nine eleven happens or a terror attack or some events happens that inspires them to fight back against the terrorists. Some a lot join because it's you know what's that? The GI Bill, it's college yeah, tuition. The GI Bill, Tricare for their family. Like there's there's you know a lot joined for economic reasons. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many are joining because they, they think that this is a, you know, murderous occupational campaign and they want to get in on it. Um, you know, so it, it, it doesn't, you know, make them not responsible for their, for their, their involvement, but also keeping in mind that a lot of them were kids that were being approached at 16 and 17 by military recruiters, uh, that were telling them, I've, I've heard quite a few stories from people telling some of the, the lies that they were told about the military. And of course they can't prove it. There's nothing on a contract, but you're a teenager. You're being gassed up about all this stuff. Uh, I can tell you this, some of the stuff I've heard, if it were a multi-level marketing company making those kinds of claims, there would be, there would be, you know, federal charges against them for, you know, racketeering and fraud. Um, but it's the military so they can do it. And real quick, another something else that was brought up in the comments uh, just now uh, from Brandy McAlexander JD. Hey, Brandy uh, McAlexander JD. She's a recent uh, Team Supreme uh, person. Oh. She's yeah. Um, she says New Mexico just changed the stage limit from eighteen to twenty-one for tobacco. That's actually federal. Um, I, that that is federal, right? Trump. Trump. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. No, that's a federal thing, but yeah. Uh, so. Across across this entire nation, yep, including New Mexico. I can't get into the vaping pod ban thing. God, that one makes me so mad, though. Um, you have to be twenty one to drink. You have to be twenty one to buy cigarettes, vaping products, whatever. But you can go off to die for your country at eighteen. Yep. I want you to think like, yep. you can go off to fight Iran. Because that's what, you know, right now, let's just go with it. You could go off to fight Iran while your base is in Iraq. Yep. Because somehow our freedoms are there, but you don't have the freedom to smoke and drink here. But if you're over there, I think you can smoke Well, because there. our freedoms are over there, Matt. Right. Well, yeah, the freedom to smoke at 18 is over there. It's not over here. It's over there. We got to they gotta fight it and bring it back so we can smoke at 18 again. Um, yeah, apparently. And another thing. Over there, but. Right. They can't, yeah, they can't smoke over there there either. Uh, Brandy said, you know, as an army white, no, they can't. If, if they're on in on work in the U.S. military, they're considered under the jurisdiction of the U.S. federal government, so they cannot smoke over there until they're twenty one. They can operate, you know, multi million dollars weapon systems, but the brains aren't formed enough yet to uh, smoke. Right, not until twenty five. Not until twenty five. Uh, According to somebody who posted on our page or something. Oh, okay. Maybe it was something posted. Well, and that, and that could very well be true. So then, why are they operating multi-million-dollar uh, 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 weapons pro, uh, systems that you know are used to kill people? Right. Uh, Brandy also said, as an army wife, all of that is a lie. They shut off your Tricare the day you leave. They don't provide the GI Bill like they say because they don't respond to paperwork. It's all a lie. And of course, we all know about the VA and all the nightmares from that. So no, it's yeah. it's definitely not a lie. I, I recently said on my Facebook, uh, if you are considering joining the military, I really lovingly advise you not to, um, especially with how it's looking like how you know we might end up gearing up for war. But even if not, you even if we don't end it enter into a new war, 
you're probably going to be processed through, especially if you're not already entering as, in as an officer and you're coming in as enlisted, you're going to do combat time in, you know, in this, you know, these perpetual wars that were involved in perpetual occupations that we're involved in. You're going to have all sorts of occupational hazards, hopefully nothing serious. Hopefully you don't die from someone defending themselves against, you know, your organization's aggression. Hopefully you, you, you get home safe. And if you do, you've got, you know, whatever trauma you're dealing with. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, and then you're dealing with substandard, uh, 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 substandard services that you were promised in order to join. It's, uh, 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 it's just a terrible thing. Uh, another thing Brandy said is one of the biggest PTSD fears that vets state they have as a result of war is the fear of being called back into the army even after their tours ends. Even if your contract is up, you can still get called back. Once you're in, they own you. And that's the problem is that you now spend the rest of your life until you're in, like my age or older. You're worried about are they gonna you know call me back up and 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 bring me back in and it's just I it's of, I know a lot of people who uh, right around nine uh, eleven and throughout the Iraq and Afghanistan wars uh, they were coming up on the end of their contracts and all of them were worried about being stop lost where your contract is up but they were just gonna say sorry you can't leave right. That's not how contracts work, except for with the U.S. government. Except, except with the government, exactly. <laughs> and the U.S. government will just say, "No, sorry, you are, uh, you're, you're here. Like we have you, and based on your contract that you didn't apparently read very well, we're keeping you until we feel it's okay for you to leave." Right. That's apparently not uh, covered under consumer or protection laws where people are signing contracts at 18. If you signed a, a, a credit card contract at 18 with those kinds of dubious, uh, 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 and, 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 uh, uh, you know, um, uh, weasel worded, uh, contracts, uh, I'm certain that a court would rule that, that, you know, that was fraud, but if it's the military, then it's okay. One's just like running up debt and, and taking money from you. The other one's sending you to, to kill people and die, potentially die or, or get, you know, hurt uh, either physically, psychologically or both. So right. it is, uh, so that's okay. The credit card thing, no, definitely can't do that. But the send you to war as a kid thing, absolutely. That can absolutely oh, yeah. happen. So yeah. Spike. What's been going on with your campaign? Oh, my campaign's been going great, Matt. Uh, we uh, got some big news today. Uh, Matt Hicks, who is the second vice chair of the uh, of the South Carolina Libertarian Party, he's also the uh, head of their activism committee, and he's the chair of the Lee County Libertarian Party, and just an amazing uh, activist and advocate for libertarianism, uh, just as, as principled and motivated a guy as you'll ever find. Uh, he endorsed uh, Vermin and I for president and vice president, gave a very impassioned uh, plea for us to support him. Uh, you'll notice there he has me uh, as his uh, profile picture, um, uh, which is appropriate. And uh, and so he's uh, he's joining the team. Had a great time in Wilmington over the weekend. I did a uh, something called the Pound the Payment Tour. If I'd been smart, I would have gotten a picture to put up here to show you. But uh, we actually toured uh, very uh, poor, uh, mostly black neighborhoods, but very poor, underprivileged uh, communities in the Wilmington, North Carolina area, including some housing projects. Knocked on doors, told them about uh, the Libertarian Party, told them about our message of, uh, of spreading liberty and freedom. Uh, one of my part of my pitch was saying, you know, basically we're here to help get the cops off your back. They really liked that, and uh, we signed up a bunch of people to join the party. 
And uh, it was more of a proof of concept. We were still kind of rough around the edges of how it was going to work. But we were there with the Jacob Hornberger campaign. He was also out there uh, um, canvassing and knocking on doors. So we did that over the weekend with Brent DeRitter, who is the vice chair of the North Carolina Libertarian Party. And he's the one that set all this up. Uh, it was such a wild success from what we originally thought it could possibly be that we're uh, already beginning to plan future events uh, throughout North and South Carolina with the idea that once we really perfect them, uh, we will be working with other people to expand them out into other states and take it nationwide uh, and tell, let people know that there's an actual alternative uh, to the Republican and uh, Democrat parties uh, that actually cares about them uh, and actually uh, wants to try to get the government off their back uh, so that they can come up with you know, as individuals working in voluntary communities uh, for solutions for themselves. Uh, so it's been it's been going well. I'm going to be in uh, Tennessee this weekend and uh, for the Libertarian Party of Tennessee convention. I'll be giving a speech there and meeting with the delegates there. I will be in Georgia the following weekend uh, for the Georgia Libertarian Party convention and uh, and attending there. I don't think I'm going to be giving a speech there, but I will be there. Talking with people, Vermin will also be there. He'll be part of the debate there. And, uh, yeah, so it's going swimmingly, Matt. Good. Good to hear. And there's a decent chance that I'll be in uh, Georgia with you. That'll be cool. I'm looking forward to that. Muddied reunion in Atlanta. That's right. Um, Definitely looking forward. I mean, not Atlanta because I don't like Atlanta. But other than that, looking forward to it. Um, So then you're not going to join me uh, knocking on doors in the projects of Atlanta because I'm trying to get people together for that. You won't be there till if you do come. It won't be till Friday, right? Right. I was okay, like, man, so how many how many days is this convention? I'm only going to no. be there for like fourteen hours. Yeah, no, I plan to go there early if at all possible and do some other stuff. But we'll see how that how that works out, and if I can get enough people together to do it. Because I'm not I'm not going to just go there myself. Uh, it, we should have at least two or three people going, and uh, right. But we'll see. Um, right. So yeah. Um. Well, good. Good to hear. Uh, one last tiny piece of news for anybody out there who knows about this case and is interested. Uh, the cop in L.A. who groped a dead woman. She was lying on the slab. He turned off the cameras but didn't know about a two-minute buffer time and then uh, groped her breast. Uh, he pleaded not guilty this week, even though he was caught on the security camera and his body cam. Uh, so remember that tonight while you're trying to figure out whether or not police are going to be able to get away with everything. Um, He's pleading not guilty. He pleaded not guilty. I saw that last night. I was like, there's nothing else I can really say about that. That is, that is chutzpah there. (laughs) So if you go into the Yiddish dictionary and look up chutzpah, it's, it's actually that video of the cop groping, or I guess a a picture of him pleading not guilty. Hang on, Brandy, hang on. I will tell you what he was charged with. Uh, It's probably still in my uh, L.A. cop. I would imagine lewd and lascivious touching dead people. There it is. Sexual assault of a It's a sexual contact with human... One felony count of having sexual contact with human remains without authority. Without authority. So I'm guessing that's to protect people doing an autopsy who may have to like lift the breasters. Oh, 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 I think that's what what that means. 
But yeah, so that was what he was charged with. One felony count he, of having wonder, sexual contact with human remains without authority. I wonder if he's going to argue that he has authority. Oh, he might. But yeah, it was recorded on his body cam. I am the law. Yeah, he, uh, he turned off the camera and didn't know about a two-minute buffer time and was caught. Well, Matt, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> so tomorrow... On a not disgusting My Fellow Americans. Well, we, you can't prove that yet. Well, I can fairly well guarantee it won't be that disgusting. Uh, on, on a, I, I, it better not be. Uh, on, on an episode of My Fellow Americans, I'm going to have Brent DeRitter uh, and his uh, terrible haircut on as, uh, as my next guest. Uh, tomorrow the, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, he's going to talk about the Pound the Pavement tour uh, that we're doing, his work with the Libertarian Party of North Carolina. Uh, the, um, uh, what else? Oh, the Liberty Loop tour, which is where he's going to be touring uh, the uh, the Great Loop uh, waterway system of the, the eastern U.S. Uh, to um, spread the message of libertarianism on his houseboat. Uh, and then um, also a big, a special announcement Surprise special announcement uh, that's going to be made. Uh, his haircut, of course, is going to try to have an uncomfortable discussion about race and IQ with us. That's an all right haircut joke. Mm. I had that haircut for a very long time. <laughs> well, I doubt it was quite like this. It was pretty intense. Everyone that saw him was saying, "Are you worried that the Jews will replace you?" It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a fun. It, and 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 then we went through a poor black communities, and they didn't seem to bother them, which I guess is what's important because it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> um, Matt Hicks has entered the chat. Welcome, Matt Hicks. Just Matt Hicks. Brent Powell, Proud Boys Hair to Ritter. I love this guy. Yeah, the, his, his haircut actually asked me what was racist about the Proud Boys. And I just walked away because I don't want to get into that with him. With his hair. Uh, so, uh, yeah, real quick. Uh, for anybody that was here at the intro, and I'm assuming we're playing it at the outro, mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, a young gentleman named Joey. B-S-N-G-R. You can find him on SoundCloud. Uh, he actually was my neighbor for, well, he was my, he wasn't, he wasn't my neighbor. He was my parents' neighbor, but I saw him a lot. Um, and uh, talented kid. I've known him since he was like born and uh, just a super talented kid. So go and check him out on SoundCloud if you, uh, if you like it. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, it. Just that's good. Say, shout out to Joey. Shout out to Joey. And, uh, uh, so yeah, so uh, be sure to check uh, my fellow Americans out tomorrow. Check Muddy Waters. We'll be covering the uh, Libertarian Party uh, of Tennessee convention on Saturday the 11th, uh, and then tune in again for next week for the uh, Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I will be parsing through the week's events with the cheer and aplomb of the winter wonder boys that we are. And, uh, and, uh, Matt, if someone were looking for Muddy Waters media on the internet, is that even possible? And if so, how would they do that? Uh, yeah. First of all, what you want to do is you want to go over to float 
F L O T E dot app and find us at muddied waters media on the float dot app float dot app slash muddied waters media. And then after that, you can go on over to Facebook and hit the old follow button at facebook.com slash muddied waters media on that like button. Can't hit the like button because it's not there. Still bitter. Can't hit the like button on Facebook, but you can Uh, follow us. You can follow us. You can't like us. Um, on Twitter, you can follow us at muddied underscore waters. On Instagram, you can follow us at muddied waters media. On YouTube, you can follow us at youtube.com slash muddied waters media. And you can find this in every episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Well, that is amazing. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, so, guys. I'm really looking forward to them following us on everything. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to them finding us on the internet. Which they've yeah, already too. clearly done to some extent because they're seeing right, this. To some extent because they're because they're watching us right now. Because they found oh, us. Also, anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Oh, yeah. Anchor.fm slash muddied waters. That's right. So and if sure you to... feel that you want this high quality programming to continue, not behind a paywall, <laughs> just donate some money through anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Yeah, we don't paywall you guys we, we don't give you anybody. The, all the content's free we're giving you free top level programming at least once a week sometimes twice and even more times a week so now that jason's back now that oh yeah jason was back uh mr america the bearded truth out of nowhere we wait had no idea back. he was doing a show <laughs> and he came back this monday so potentially three times a week you are getting muddied waters goodness so be like this guy right here, Chris Reynolds, personal injury atten- attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. And be sure to, uh, he's on Matt's shirt. He's on my shirt now too. And uh, he, uh, he uh, you know, be a sponsor like him and, uh, and help us continue muddying your waters with freedom. We'll talk about you often if you give us money. Oh yeah, no, we will make you part of the show unless you don't want that and then we won't. Uh, but we will make you as much or as little a part of the show as you could possibly, possibly want. And if you don't want to be part of the show, give us money and we won't make you part of the show. Absolutely. Uh, Matt Hicks, like Matt Hicks said, $50 gets you an egg timer. So if That's you true. want an egg timer from us with a little, with our logo, 50 bucks, $49.99. $49.99. You get an egg timer with a muddied water sticker on it. I've got them right here. And that includes shipping. That does include shipping. Yeah. And the egg timer works. It does. You just have to know how to use it. Correct, which I did not. Guys, thanks again for tuning in. And where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round. I lost my feet, said I love you Too bad that dreams don't just come true Staying put, not making sense Yeah, I've been living in the previous tense Why won't you help me move on? I can't look, can't make amends Yeah, it's so sad when I'm even friends But we've been going so long so
Give me back the conversation. I'm sorry, I lost my patience. No, I just can't catch a break. Yeah, I'm always late. Yeah, still always waiting. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round. I lost my feet, said I love you. Too bad that dreams don't just come true. Kicking it in my banana pants. Having fun hitting that banana gram. I love just wasting my time. Wasting my time. Hating it, checking my Instagram. No, it won't turn me to a better man. I know it's killing my vibe. My words just seem inefficient. I'm scared of the recognition. I'm sorry, it's you I'm missing. To tell the truth, I can't make it different. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round. I lost my feet, said I love you. Too bad that dreams don't just come true. Suddenly, I can see the world as it's supposed to be. And the pain inside my heart has left my chest. Honestly, we can be anyone we wanna be in the world can put our worry down to rest But I can't find another broken light to burn my life up No I can't hold I can't hold another broken sword and always sober no, it's not over. You are so cool. Yeah. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when.